$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? Be proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! Oh, welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds, and you are you. And we are so thankful that you decided to join us tonight on the OHIO Podcast live on YouTube and Facebook and wherever you're watching from tonight. And we're so glad to have you guys in. Chris Kersey says, OH. IO. IO. Welcome into the house tonight, Chris. By the way, our buddy Robert is out in Cali. He's out there in Big Ten country, California, <laughs> out in California, dealing with traffic, two hours available on a 70-hour clock. He says, get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Boilermaker, Dylan's in the house tonight. He goes, what up, family? Good to have you in tonight, Dylan. Good to see you tonight, my man. Uh, we are just expecting a great time tonight. <clears throat> we had a little bit of a change of plans uh, which is why I didn't let you know who our special guest was going to be because every time I tell you it never happens. I just gotta quit mentioning it, Chris. I just gotta just. Quit Let's just surprise it. them. They have to tune in to find out. There you go. That sounds like a plan. But we've got all kinds of great topics we're gonna cover tonight, Chris, and we want all of you to participate with us live. Larry Daniels, he's with us as well. Greetings from Mount Gilead State Park. Oh, hey, just I'm- down the road from me. 
Yeah, I've been there. Beautiful right park, by the way. Yeah. yeah, nice little park there in Mount Gilead. I kind of like the one across the street a little bit. It was an old golf. It's a KOA. It was a, an old yeah. golf course over there. Um, that one's really nice, but the wind blows through there because they have no trees because it was a golf course. But anyways, I digress. <clears throat> little Tim May. I played I that golf course many times. Did you really? Yes. We, you won't tell us what you shot, What did? will you? What good, Eric. <laughs> well, let me I just say, I, I actually teed off one time. And, and I nailed my tee shot, and a guy's walking down beside me and says, great day for golf, isn't it? I said, absolutely. He says to me, what the hell game are you playing? Yeah, yeah no <laughs> kidding. There, you know those ponds when you first drive in there, the yep. old ponds? I've never caught anything out of there. I've tried, just never caught any fish out of there. But I have a feeling they've caught a few golf balls over there. I'm sure. Time. Chris says, thanks, guys. Season ticket holder. Really looking forward to the season. QB O-line going to be critical factors to our success this season. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. You eh? stay tuned, Chris. Uh, that one is something that uh, we're going to be talking about. Absolutely. Uh, Facebook user, good evening. Still awake for a while. So I wonder if that's Matt uh, from Australia there. Although, no, that would be morning time for him. So yeah. let's see. Worked all night, I guess. Let us know who you are. If you watch from our facebook um group group page yeah we can't see who you are it only says facebook user if you go to our business page which is facebook.com backslash the ohio podcast you can pick us up there or better yet go to youtube and that's where we would like to let you guys know hit the thumbs up button um we we need those thumbs up we need those likes that'll send this out the algorithm likes that sends it out to more people who are ohio state fans let's build up this group that's watching we'll see i see the number who are watching live between the two groups pretty good number again as the season gets closer we're getting a few more people but here's what's awesome if you have not heard this yet sunday nights we when we go live the second part of the show, we are taking calls from you guys. This is your opportunity to jump on. You can talk about what you like, what you didn't like, what you saw, what you think they need to work on. You need to vent. This is your place to vent. You want to argue with us. We welcome that as well. It will be your show on Sunday nights during the season for the review. The whole second part of the show will be yours. The other thing we want to make sure that you are aware of, we are part of the Big Banter Network, which you see down there in the left-hand corner. All 14 schools in the Big Ten have a podcast on the Big Banter Network. We happen to be the one that they chose for uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and we are appreciative of that. But there's other great ones, like the Boiler Express podcast. Uh, I really like that one. And their arch enemies, the LEO from Indiana. That's another good one. There's a flavor for everybody. We've tried to bring as many of them on as we could for our Big Ten previews this year so you could get a taste of every single podcast out there that the Big Ten uh, that the big banter provides from the Big Ten. And we'll have four new ones next year for Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA. Go to scarletandgame.com. Scarletandgame.com. You can read articles from yours truly and the other guys as well. Big Banter has a new website, bigbantersports.com. You'll want to check that out. Am I missing anything, Chris? I think we got it all. I think we got it, man. All I right. think it's time to start talking about some football. Yeah, Lenny says all that nonsense was him. He's still awake. Hey, 
That makes Happy. sense. I, 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 I watched your videos, Lenny. I'm glad you had a great first week of retirement, my friend. Looks really good. And our buddy Ryan Wickerham's in the house as well. What up, guys? All right, Chris, let's dive into it. You ready? Let's go. Second week of fall camp. What are we hearing? What do you want to start with first? The quarterbacks well, or the offensive line? I, I, I'm a big ugly, so I'm going to talk about some big uglies. Okay. And let's let's talk about it, Eric. Thursday. Now, Thursday I've got I've got yeah. some serious thoughts on this, and I'm not gonna hold back because yep. there are some of you fans out there who, for a lack of better term, are you are accepting the bull crap they're feeding you. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Mind. So on Thursday, Jimmy Simmons loses his stripe. On Friday. He supplants Josh Fryer as the team's starting left tackle. Experimenting. We're not experimenting with crap. He has supplanted, and they may not say it in Columbus, but he has supplanted Josh Fryer, who was, Eric, you said it last week, being lazy and undisciplined, and they've moved Fryer to starting right tackle. However, is Fryer's free fall over? Because let me tell you, Luke Montgomery lost his black stripe, and we talked about concern about that. But right now, he's slated at number two on that right tackle depth chart. And again, we have to have some concern if he does work up his way to number one, short of him coming out and performing like an Orlando pace. And I just don't see that happening. Ryan Day, concerning Luke Montgomery, let's start there. Ryan Day had a lot of really nice things to say, but the thing he said that was, and this is what you needed to highlight. This is what stood out. He's got a bright future. Future. That does not mean he's starting. I'm sorry. And you and I have, you and I have both said this. If we start a true freshman at tackle on the offensive line, and his name is not Orlando freaking pace, something went wrong. Wrong. He's not ready for big-time Division I national championship left tackle play. He's just not. You want to but play clearly him? neither is Josh Fryer. You want to play him at guard this year? Okay. Kick him out the tackle next year as a sophomore? He's got a bright future. I believe that. I think he's your starting. I think he's a starting tackle next year as a sophomore. I really do. I think he might be the first backup tackle, even ahead of um, Shibola. Yeah. But the experimenting comment is hogwash. And all the people who are like, they can play multiple positions. You don't mess with left tackle. You don't mess with anything once you get it set on that line because they need to develop chemistry. They need to know what the other is thinking. They need to know how the other is going to move, how they're going to act, what they're going to do. And, and they need to have a rhythm. They need to be in sync. And you don't get that moving around. I'm sorry. That so, was a line of crap. Uh, yes. It was a nice way of saying things aren't going well at left tackle. Yeah. <laughs> He's not. No coach is going to come to the podium. And say, boy, we're looking bad at left tackle. We need to make a change. 
No, but they'll say no we're experimenting. No coach is going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Experimenting means we we need to look for something here. We well, need to... you called this last week, Eric. I did. You, you said he was he was being lazy. He wasn't showing leadership. He was he was cutting out early on drills. You know, you saw that before, and obviously Ryan Day did as well. Bama has started tackles, haven't they? Yes. Your point? What's your point on that, Lenny? We, give me give me your point. We, so we've started be, some too, Lenny, but you know, just be, outside yeah, yeah. of pace, it hadn't worked out great. No. Name me one true freshman offense on the offensive line, not named Orlando Pace, that played extremely well as a true freshman. It just is so rare in college football. Bama might have had a few. I don't know their program as well as Ohio State, obviously. But um, – that that one, eh. okay. So let's get back to what, what I'm getting at. Okay. Yes, thank you, Chris. Someone understands it. You can't have a quarterback running right. for his life. We're going to get a quarterback killed. It's not going to matter who we choose. If his blind side isn't secure, Correct. he will get crushed. All right. So Fryer played well at right tackle in place of Dewan Jones when called upon at the end of the right. year. Okay. They saw that we lost both tackles, Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones. They're gone. They went to the NFL. The coaches saw that and they thought Fryer probably is going to be our best chance at left tackle. The best guy. They put him there in the spring. He looked bad. Real bad. He looked bad. I went to the practice last week. He looked bad, still looked bad. Maybe moving him to right tackle is exactly what he needs. Maybe this is what he wanted maybe, all along. Maybe it's a comfort thing for him. You know, it maybe might he, be. It might be. It's a lot. Of, and you know what? I don't want to sit here and I've never played tackle on an offensive line, especially at an elite level like this. But you, you know, right tackle is not the same as left tackle. It's just not. It's n- not you it is if you have, have a left-handed quarterback. Correct. But we don't. They're both right-handed guys. Yeah. All of them are right-handed guys. And mo- the majority of them are. Frank uh, Taraka, by the way, Frank's a tremendous writer on Scarlet and Game. Go check it out. Read his stuff. Couldn't agree more, guys. Alarm bells going off. I'm starting to get worried. Yeah. We've been alarming these bells ever since spring, Chris and I have. Three weeks before the start of the season, you got reason to be worried. Jimmy Simmons gets his black stripe removed. They kick him from right to left. What's that tell you, Chris, about Jimmy? Let's let's give let's give Fryer a chance at right tackle. I'm I feel better about him being at right than left. I agree because we've seen him. We've seen him as a proven commodity at right. Correct. I think that tells me that Jimmy Simmons a they have more faith in him at that position, but b. Maybe he's shown a little bit better leadership along that offensive line as well. Is it possible that when Ryan Day said experiment, that's what he meant right there? Let's Very experiment possible. with Jimmy at left because it ain't working with Fryer at left. Let's move Fryer back to where he was good last season, where he's comfortable. Let's experiment with Jimmy at left. And if it becomes an experiment that fails, 
and we have to kick Fryer back to the left, mark it down. This is a four-loss offensive line. Not saying we will lose four. I'm just saying that the offensive line is a four-loss offensive line. But, I, but I'll if tell that, you what, if, we if have that, to do that does happen, if they do have to do that, I'm telling you right now, you're not going to beat a few of these Big Ten defensive lines, including that one from Ann Arbor. Robert said Jimmy played uh, left tackle last year. That would have been for San Diego State. Um, I'll have to look into that. I recall him being at right tackle, but I could be wrong. Um, again, I wasn't a San Diego State. Are they the Aztecs? Is that who they are? Yes. I'm not a uh, big Aztec fan, so I'm not sure about that one. I'll take your word for it, Robert. I'm remembering a little different, but um, – I'll take your word for it. Larry says, what about rolling over the tight end to the left side? Yeah, they're going to – we talked about this before. They might play a lot of 12-man personnel. Uh, yeah. They, you, you, might see they a lot of two, you might see a lot of two tight end sets out there. And by the way, don't was, be surprised if those tight ends are the younger guys who you've not heard of because they looked pretty yeah. doggone good at the practice I was at. Um, so, yeah. So when you look at that – let me pull up the depth chart real fast at tight end. Kate Stover, obviously – um, Sam Hart and Bennett Christian yeah. both looked really good. Jelani Thurman's a true freshman. He's more of, I think, a downfield threat with a big body. Um, he's it's going to take him a while to, I think, adapt to the physicality of blocking at tight end in the Big Ten. Uh, Joe Royer has not shown me anything about being able to block at this point. Same thing with G. Scott. They're both kind of offensive weapons right. in the passing game. You need big blocking tight ends if you're going to do 12-man to help them roll over to help the tackles on, on the edge. But do you think you may see Stover be the one who slides to the left because he is the more physical guy? And then you – because we did see Royer and G. Scott both taking some first-team snaps. The last day of practice this last week. If that's could what it be, yeah. If that's they're going to bring one of these though. guys to just to to take more of the passing aspect of it. If that's what you're going to do, then you run the risk, I think, of kind of telegraphing your offense slightly. Um, when, you do. If, if G. Scott and Roy are out there and they're in, and they're going down and and running for me, uh, running wide receiver routes or they're running running routes every time they're in at tight end and they never stay back to block and Stover's always blocking, you've kind of already telegraphed to the defense what you're going to do. So if they're going to do that, they need to be very, very careful that they don't get into a place where they become predictable in that. They need to make sure that they change it up, okay, yeah. so, that the, so that the other team's uh, coaches can't look at that and be like, ah, this is what they're going to do with this formation. And then, and then the defense knows. Double tight ends with actual eye formation. Wow, classic Big Ten football. I don't know if we'll go with eye formation. However, Chris, you might be interested yep. to know, they are working on um, huddling. Yeah. I'll tell you and, what, though. Would that not completely take the Big Ten and perhaps the nation by storm if Ryan Day came out with the more traditional Big Ten offense like that? Yes. That, that, that would throw everybody into a frenzy, I think. Chip can chip on the way to the flats. Yeah, but if Chip's in there chipping, guess who's not in there? Mayan or Travion. Mayan and Travion. And that's another offensive weapon you're taking away. Uh, unless you're going to put Chip in as a fullback, and then if that's the case, then he should be your lead blocker and you should just run the football down their throats because yes. I will give the offensive line credit for this. The guards and center can push. 
those boys are doing a great job offensive blocking with what I've seen and, with my two And Chip eyes. looks like he could body slam a Buick. Uh, dude's huge. He's he's a he's a rhinoceros, man. The guy is absolute. He's just all muscle. He's a yeah. beast. All right. Quarterback. Let's talk quarterback. You asked me the question last week, Chris. If I had to pick a starter today, who would yes. I have picked? And I said to you that if Ryan Day would have called me and asked me my opinion, and um, which he never will, <laughs> but if he would have, I would have said, I've got to go. Not with Kyle McCord, which was who I thought I would go with, but with Devin Brown. Right. And I think he offered me a, a few things that I liked. I felt he moved around in the pocket a little better. I liked his mechanics a little better. I wasn't at practice this week. I can't answer to this. But the experts who were, who I trust, two of them, um, and I won't mention them by name unless you really, really want me to, but two of them both said they feel, based off what they've seen, that Kyle McCord has taken yes. a slight lead in the race. I made the comment that this Saturday's scrimmage, yesterday's scrimmage, was very important for Kyle McCord. Unless he fell flat on his face, I believe that this week, Ryan Day will announce him as the starter for week one against Indiana, I have not heard how the scrimmage went. I am going based off, I made that prediction based off two things. Again, no, I Ryan Day did not say that, and Ryan Day did not tell me that. That's why it's called a prediction. I feel he will do this for two reasons. Number one, Past presidents has said that this is the week he's announced a starter. He Correct. did for C.J. Stroud. He did for Justin Fields. I also believe they did for Dwayne Haskins. I believe which, well. which is probably the most relevant to the, our conversation today because Correct. I think with Fields and and Stroud there was a clear number one. Unless Saturday was so even or. Day did not see what he needed. I think this week he announces Kyle McCord as the starter. Why that's important is this. You need to give the offense and the team confidence as a head coach that you're going with somebody, whether that be McCord or Brown. You cannot do the flip-flop thing. And no. I've heard some people say, it's okay if we go into week one, we don't know who the starter is, and you let them both play. No, it's not. It's really not. It's not, because I'll tell you why. It gives the offense questions in their mind. It could create division amongst the offense and the team. Uh, that's my guy. That's my guy. I like him better. He throws a better ball to me. He throws to me more than he does. You see what I'm getting at? Number two. The biggest problem on our offense is the offensive line. And if you change quarterbacks on them, it's a completely different ball game. Yeah, the cadence they, is different. The, the way they call the snaps are different. I mean, you can't you can't do that and expect, expect success out of a offensive line, especially one that's this fresh, you know, this new. And here's the other thing. 
the longer this goes on, the lower of a chance you have of beating Notre Dame in week four. Correct. You have to have a team that is gelled and, and, and is running as a productive unit. Couldn't agree more with you, Chris. At this point, you need the guy who leans into the huddle and everyone believes. Yes. That's right. You need That's the leader. Right. You need the leader. And if that guy is Kyle McCord, then let's let's go with him. If that guy's Devin Brown, let's go with him. Yeah. Don't jack around these guys anymore. You gave them the competition. Who's won? You gave If you gave yourself a time frame. And if it's like, hey, at this point, I don't know. If we're still at that point, and, this and is just as bad as the offensive line. It, it is. And let me tell you, Eric, you have to – you, you, and Frank is absolutely right there. Let me tell you, the whole Cardell JT thing was, has just, you know, ruined the thought of, of having a, a system with two QBs like that. You can't have your starting guy looking over his shoulder after every single play. You can't. You just can't. That is what screwed up Cardale. That and the fact that Urban Meyer wanted to call a JT game for a guy with a different set of tools. Well, you know what? Ryan Day is looking at that same situation. Maybe not as drastically, but you're looking at two guys with different sets of tools. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you have to really shape your offense around those tools. And you have to put the offensive line together that's going to give these guys the best chance to succeed given their tools. So, so if we're if we're still undecided, Three weeks before we can kick off, Eric, that's that's a scary, scary situation for this team. And I'm with you. I don't know that it's a it's a four a four loss team or more if you can't decide by now. I'm telling you right now, Notre Dame is going to take that game like it's the freaking Super Bowl. You better believe it. This is their opportunity to make a statement that they have arrived. They have not beaten Ohio State in since how many years? Night since 1934. 34? Yeah. No, we haven't played very much, but no, I think, but I we've think had a couple, on, a couple home and home series. We've had a, a couple ball games. We're on a five game winning streak against them. Yeah, two against uh, John Cooper. Trestle beat him once. Urban beat him once, and Ryan Day's beat him once. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's not a game. That's a game where you mess around, you find out. Mess around and find out. Yep. And exactly. I don't. I do not want us to be messing around. Um, Ryan, I sure hope not, man. If, that if, would be that would be a big. He says that's going to happen in his follow up. Is that's going to happen at the Indiana game? I hope not. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. I I I, I could be wrong. It wouldn't if, be the first time that I've made a statement and had to come on and. But you know what? If, but, if he goes in there though and says, "Listen, Kyle McCord is my starter. He's going to play the first half. He's going to put the points up in the board where Devin Brown's going in to play the second half to get some quality time." That's yes, you know, that's one thing. You know, the worst thing that could happen is it is similar to what happened with, with CJ Stroud at the beginning of the season when he first started. Struggled against Minnesota, had a really yeah. bad game, and then Akron, that's when McCord got to start, right? Remember that? And, and the then chance he, were starting, you know, the chance and, were starting, you know, you know, replacing. And then when and then when CJ Stroud came back, he was lights out. Yeah. 
Larry brings up a good point. If you're going to lose, lose early and and wake them out of the of their slumber. Yeah. But I don't ever want to lose. No. I want to go undefeated, Larry. I mean, that's you 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 play to win their game, right? I mean, losing is not an option. It's just not. I I I agree, Larry. If we're going to have a loss, that one hurts a lot less, but it also gives Notre Dame the tiebreaker against you if they were to lose, say, to a Clemson, and it comes down to you USC. and Notre Dame for for game four or, or USC, and it comes down to them and us for that fourth seed, they're going to get that seed because they beat us head-to-head. So you need to win that football game. Both QBs will play. McCord leads 48 nothing. Then Devin comes in and for hands-off. That's typically how it's gone, right, if you're going to pick a starter. Yeah. If, if you're going to pick a starter, that's typically how it goes. All right. But one thing I don't like he said there, Eric, is then Devin comes in and hands off. No, you've got to run the on, offense. I have gotten on Ryan Day about this for the last couple of years. You put your backups in, you still run your offense. That's what we had before was the situation that we had backups who had never thrown a pass. Yep. You can't have that. Yep. You can't. You got- you got to got to run the same offense, or they're or they're not really getting the good reps that they need in live action. All right, the last thing I want to touch on before we take our commercial break: Emeka Egbuka let his frustrations be known in front of everybody on Friday. Walking off the field, he said, and I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but he said something on the lines of, "We can't even run a screenplay right now." Some said he was talking about the backup offensive line. So chill out. I disagree. I disagree. I think you he's should not the starters. I well, even if he is talking about the backup offensive line, why shouldn't we hold them to the same standard? These Correct. are guys who are one injury away from being in the game. Yes. When was the last time we had an offensive line play completely healthy for the whole season? It wasn't that long ago. We had one season where that happened, but only one in my entire recollection of being a Ohio State fan where all five starters played every single game on the offensive line throughout the whole year. It hardly ever happens. So your backups need to be ready. They're only one snap away from getting a win. Chris, what's the one thing all Ohio State fans say every single time there's a stinking injury? Next, next man, next man up. No. Here you go. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. If it's next man up, then you got to hold them to the same standard. And that's what Emeka Egbuka was doing. If it, if it was the backup offensive line, that's what he was doing. You guys got to run it to the same standard. If you can't do it, what are we doing here? You, you know what's scary, though, is that you've pushed this guy to have to say that at all. Not only that, but, you know, I don't necessarily, I understand his frustration, but that seems to me like something that should be voiced in the locker room, not so much in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you all think we will be 25 passes against 25 runs, or what are your thoughts? I think Ryan Day is is wants to be as absolutely balanced as humanly possible. And I think he has to be this year. He has to be. And if not balanced, he may even need to be. He needs to be a little run heavy this year. I'm sorry. He he, he has to be. Yeah. yeah. Especially given the the way this beginning of the season needs to start. I, I love Liddy. <laughs> I love you, man. 
All right, four losses? Question mark. Who would be? Who would those be against? Whiskey, Notre Dame, team up north, and Penn State would Penn be the State. other one that would beat them. Mm-hmm. But you Penn know what? If this line, if this line isn't in shape, you got to watch sleep. out for teams like Iowa. Don't sleep on Maryland. Don't sleep Maryland. on Maryland. Do you we know? even play Iowa? No, we don't have Iowa. I don't think. But no, we have Minnesota though. We right have Minnesota. The game up north. Uh, it's the team up north. So that that and that, but that one's at home. But my point, my point is this. Um, yes, th- this is also a very good point, Chris, and one that we've talked about. I think uh, this year we'll show off a running back. Deck. It we needs a, to. We have a very good running back room, and this offensive line has shown that they can run block. You go back and you watch the recruiting videos from the offensive linemen who we have. Well, you know what they were all really good at in high school? Run, run blocking. blocking. They were all maulers. We need to use that to our advantage. We might have, and I know the team up north, we just got done pre-recording before we started our live show tonight, the uh, team up north uh, season preview. Yeah. And and we've gloated about their offensive line because it's so doggone good, and it's good again this year, guys. It's really, really good. It might even be better than what it was last year. But here's the thing. If we run block like we can, I think we can be better at running the football than them. Are we, you know, and nothing against Blake Corum or Donovan Edwards. But let me tell you, I think that we have a better running back room than they do in Ann Arbor. I agree. If they, if they can stay if, healthy. If they can stay healthy, we have a better running back room than they do in Ann Arbor. The thing that makes the difference is the five big uglies up front. Because I'll tell you what, you put Travion or Mayan behind the offensive line that they have, you know, God only knows what kind of numbers yeah. they'd be putting up. Uh, T.C. McAfee was at the practice I was at. He was participating, Robert. Uh, will Travion have a huge year or contru- uh, continue as part of a platoon? I think it's going to be 1A and 1B. I think you could just about guarantee. They, unless and one they of could them both have huge years. Mm-hmm. They really could. Uh, yes, Larry, this is what we've been pounding the pulpit about here. Seriously, with the running back room, we ought to be pounding the crap out of the opponents. Yes, and we yes. should be running the football much, much more, much, much more. Larry agrees with you, Chris. That's always good to have someone on your side. And Chris says, yeah, we need to have maulers on offensive line. We do. They're, they are maulers. They're that great is at why, blocking. That is why that team up north has beaten us the last two years. Yes. Is they're physical and they run the ball and they keep the ball out of the hands of the high powered offenses. And we have that. We have an offensive line that can run block. That's, so that's, that's what they what were we great at. It, will we run to open the pass? I doubt it because I don't think it's in Ryan Day's nature. Um, I think that he likes to pass to open the run more. Um, yeah. Uh, another great question, Frank. What are you guys seeing at center? I was hoping. Hensman would uh, have that locked down by now. Well, I know this much. It's between him and Victor Cutler. Um, who was the other guy that they were uh, Jacob saying? Jacob James. Jacob James is nowhere to be found in that competition. And Day pretty much said so in his press conference. It's between yeah, those he was two ta- guys. He was taking first-team snaps a little bit last week, wasn't he? he will, yeah, and he's. it's not going to happen for him. I think it's Hensman's. I, I I think he's got it locked down. Um, they're not going to say that because they don't want the other guys to hit the transfer portal. But 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. Jacob James. Yep, that's that's who we were trying to come up with the name with there for Ryan. Thank you. Um, all right, we got to take a quick commercial break. Um, when we come back, we got the Gene Smith fiasco. And I've got a theory on here that I think a lot of you are going to be very interested to hear about Gene Smith and why he did what he did and what it means for Ryan Day moving forward. So hang tight, everybody. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, Alex Martin's in the house. OH, boys! I Alex. Welcome in, man. Good to have you with us. Uh, ooh, <laughs> you you came in for the right time, Alex. My little joker there. Yes. Ooh. So, um, let's talk about Gene Smith, Chris. Um, Gene Smith calls for a uh and I guess I should go ahead and hit this banner, right? There we go. So Gene Smith calls for a press conference, Chris, and everybody thinks he's going to talk about expansion, Oregon and Washington, how it all came about, answer all the media's questions with that, and he drops a bombshell. This is his last year as athletic director at Ohio State, and I can just see in Marion, Ohio, this guy over here is doing Chris Farley cartwheels uh, when, it, when that announcement came down. You're not the biggest Gene Smith fan, I guess you could I, say. I, Gene Smith, he's an enigma to me because at times he's the guy we love. He's the guy that pushes to play during COVID. He's the guy who's in favor of, you know, expansion. He's the guy who is, uh, you know, at the, he's been on the CFP committee. He's been on the, the basketball committee. But then he's also the guy who self-imposes a bull ban the year that we're set to win a national title. <laughs> you can't let it he's, go, man. He, he's the guy. It's I can't let over, it go. It's been over 10 years, Chris. I can't let it go. You're right. Uh, you know, he's the guy who comes out and says, it's only one game. <laughs> He's the guy who gives his firm support to a guy who has lost to that team up north two consecutive years. 
Yeah, you know, he does some some things that are just so right, and some yeah. things that are so wrong. He's a guy who came in, and I mean, he came into a bad situation in 2011. He did. That self-imposed bull band, yeah, that was stupid. But he came into a very bad situation. Andy Geiger left him in a horrible position when he came in. Um, you know, he had a lot of, of things to deal with. You know, he's dealt with controversy from the thing with Trestle to the thing with Urban to, uh, you know, the COVID yeah, he's had a lot of controversy and things to deal with, uh, but he handled COVID really well. He did handle COVID. He really went well. to bat for those kids who wanted to play, man. He did, and not just our kids, but kids throughout the conference who wanted yes. to play. Yes, him and the president at the time absolutely went to bat for yes. those kids who wanted to play, and, and and for that I for that I I commend them. But you know, you know I. You know, a lot of times we talk about better the evil we know than the evil we don't. And I kind of feel like that's the position we've been in with Gene Smith for the better part of the last decade. An athletic director is going to be remembered for two things. And um, number one, they're going to be remembered for buildings that get built in the athletic department under their watch. And he's done well. Andy Geiger built a lot however <clears throat> the one terrible decision andy geiger made was the basketball arena that yeah. thing's terrible for basketball st john's is still so much better um alex says ah yeah let's let's answer this question real fast do you guys allow calling yes this season alex when the season gets started on sunday nights every sunday night during the season we will have call-ins for the entire second half of the show. We want you to come and call in. Absolutely. So um, make sure to set that, uh, mark your calendars, 8 o'clock Eastern, every Sunday night during the season, you will be a part of the show. So thank you for asking that. You're remembered for building buildings, and you're remembered for the coaches you hire. And he's done very well there. He's done both extremely well. I mean, he's the guy who gave the us Cavelli, day. The Cavelli Center is fantastic. The new tennis center is great. Um, you have field hockey, yep. um, lacrosse. They all have new stadiums. These were all buildings he's built for the Olympic sports. They're going to be getting a new ice hockey arena very soon, which I can't wait for because I love college hockey. Um, here's the thing, man. Like, that aspect – He's done great. When it comes to the Olympic sports, Ohio State does a phenomenal job. And Gene Smith has a lot to do with that. His hires, he went out and got Urban. Can't argue with that hire. Ryan Day remains to be seen. Okay. 45 and 6, dude. That's really good. Now, the but last six, six losses. A third of them to that team up north. I, and every I, time we I play understand. a big game, he falls flat on his face. I understand. I get that. But 45 and 6. So It's a successful record. It's the least successful success you'll ever find in your life. The basketball hire is a little questionable for me. Now, this, this is the point. one thing I will say. And we're not a basketball podcast, but it's a Gene Smith topic here. You look at this, he has, Gene Smith has been responsible for having to replace 
the two highest winning percentage coaches in the two biggest sports programs we have. Thad Mata was our highest winning percentage basketball coach. He replaced him with Holtman, which, again, remains to be seen because much like the guy on the football side of things, he can't seem to win a big game. He can recruit like a beast, but he can't win a big game. And I really feel like that's kind of where we're at. So let me get back to what I was was I was getting at. Where I can where I can fault Gene Smith mm-hmm. is was his handling of Jim Tressel. Yes. And you know my love of Jim Tressel. Uh, that that man is I think he's my Woody Hayes guys. I wasn't alive when Woody Hayes was here. Um, that's the man who I think I, I admire him to no end. And uh, let me see if I can find the comment here. Great, great job interacting, everybody. It's been awesome to have all your interaction tonight. Frank said, great article today on Tress dotting the I. Yeah. Gene Smith's legacy would be helped out if he got that done this season. Absolutely. Go to scarletandgame.com. Read my article about uh, how Ohio State should have Jim Tressel be only the third coach ever in the history of the program to dot the I. Chris, can you name who the other two are? Woody Hayes. That's one. Last one happened not that long ago. Earl Bruce. You nailed it. Two for two. Good job. So, all right. That being said, I would give, I would give Gene, I would, I would applaud him on his way out. But here's the thing. This is what I hinted at. And I was kind of saying, I just believe Ryan Day was offered a free year no matter what happens this year because of this. There is no way, in my opinion, that on his way out, Gene Smith is going to fire Ryan Day at the end of this year. Now, see, I I have to disagree with you, Eric. No way. This is the thing. This is his chance. If Ryan Day goes out and screws the pooch again against that team up north, I say that Gene Smith gets rid of him and by God, brings back in Urban to coach the bowl game and gives the fans what they want if Day drops the ball again. Why not go out on a high note? No way. There's no way he would fire him, hire a new guy. No, no, I'm not saying he's going to hire a new guy. You can't go. You cannot go from December to June or July when he leaves without a head football coach, Chris. No, you can't. Which means he'd have to hire one. No way. There's no way. Then maybe he stays on to hire the new coach. I don't no. know. But He's not no. going to do it. He's not going to fire Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Then they should fire him right now. No. Why? If he doesn't have He's the had guts no- to pull that move. You're gonna you're gonna tell me that the administration should walk into Gene Smith's office tomorrow morning and go, if Ryan Day loses again, are you gonna fire him? Yes. No. You're fired. Yes. No. Pack your bags. You're out. Dude, that is the most craziest thing you've said. 
Better yet, give me a call. I'll come down there and pack your bags for you. Get out of here, man. There's no way. I'm telling you right now, there's no way Ryan Day gets fired now. I was, hey, I was, I was agreeing with you at the beginning of the year. If he goes 0-3 and it looks bad again, but there's no way James Smith's going to fire him when he's retiring a few months later and then leave the new athletic director with a coach he just hired. There's no way he would do that. Well, the, you know what? You've got a couple months to start that uh, athletic director search, get it going, get somebody in place who will do the job when that you don't want to do. Yeah, I'll come back to your comment in a second, Donald, because I've got I've got to give uh, Alex credit here. Yeah, that's extreme, Chris. <laughs> it's necessary. It is not. He's forty five and six. And if he loses three in a row to Michigan, it's necessary. How many national titles does he have, Eric? Zero. How many should he have, Eric? One. At least? One. Alabama crushed us, dude. We didn't have a prayer. He shouldn't have lost to Clemson. Oh, that, that wasn't him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, Alex Martin, question for you, Chris. Who replaces Day in honesty to do better? Who could do better? Who could do better in 45 and 6? I don't know. But if they can beat Michigan, it doesn't matter to me. Donald agrees with me. Gene would not fire him. However, the new AD just might. Yes, if he goes 0-4 in four straight years. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think there is a chance that, of that happening, going 0-4 against them. They're no, going because he's, he's going to do the right thing and quit if he goes 0-3. Chris, Chris, <laughs> apparently there's some good mushrooms in Marion County, Lenny thinks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, if you guys are, if you guys are happy living through the Cooper years all over again, you know, Donald says, okay. I think it depends on who the new AD is, but I think it would put Day on the hot seat. I would guess the new AD will want to put their own fingerprints on the football team. I think that's Gene would give the new AD that opportunity, which means he's not going to fire him. Day should have already been on the hot seat. Oh, my gosh. Look, I'm the fr I will be the first person. <laughs> Chris is channeling his inner John Kennedy from the I Always Irish show right now. Check your blood pressure. I'm afraid. Oh dude. man, you're getting you're getting beat up now. You're getting ganged on. Drug test, Chris. <laughs> Luke Fickle would be better. Robert said. I don't disagree. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I don't disagree. I think Robert's 100 right. Alex, I can't put that comment up. Sorry, bud, but I agree. <laughs> I see what you put there, buddy. All right, who are we going to go after? Well, here's the next athletic director is going to depend on something because right now the university doesn't even have a school president. Right. We are without a school president. The The board is has multiple people who they've put in place to act as a committee in place of the president. There is a search for the president currently. As soon as they find a president, the president will then have the ability for him or her, whoever it is, to hire an athletic right. director who then gets approved by the board. 
Now, some presidents like to go out and hire a uh, hiring staff who then goes out and does a search and brings back um, individuals who then are looked at. But there are a handful of people. Yes, Chris. I can think of a former university president who right now is enjoying some retirement. Who? No. Uh... No. <laughs> Guys, okay, let's just let's just squash that one. Jim Tressel is not going to be the president of Ohio State. It's not going to happen. I'll take him as president. I'll take him as AD. He, I'll take him as anything. He just retired, guys. There's no way. And Urban Meyer's not coming back as the athletic director. There's no way that's going to happen. Be no, realistic I agree with you on here. that one. Be realistic. Tressel's not coming back as president. Urban's not coming as an AD. Be realistic. It's not going to happen. Urban as an AD, he'd be like taking a steel chair to the coaches and things. You know? <laughs> he'd be out there kicking kickers. I love Jim Tressel. Love the man. He's like my dream interview if I ever get the opportunity. Let the man stay retired. Let him enjoy his retirement, man. Let's Come have on. Him- Let's we let were, him dot the eye against Youngstown State in week we were, number we two. Gordon, we were we on Gordon Gee into meetings and letting him take naps during you know speeches. So, you know, why not bring Tress in? Oh, gosh. Here we go. Everybody say it on the chat. Bring him back. <laughs> Alex Martin, Tress is the new President Gee. Here we go. They're all they're all saying it, man. You, st- you had to do it, didn't you? You had to do it. There's no way Tress is coming back as president, guys. So whoever that president will be, which will be someone you you and I have never heard of, more than likely, who was president in Timbuktu somewhere some, some at some liberal arts liberal college. psycho, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be brought in, okay? That person then has the ability to hire their athletic director. There are several great candidates who come from Ohio State who have the opportunity of being an AD. Here's my challenge to all of you in the chat right now as we get ready to close this show out. Who would you like to see as athletic director? And it cannot be Trestle or Urban Meyer. Pick someone else. Who do you think would be a good athletic director to replace Gene Smith? And let's try to keep it as realistic as possible. I mean, you could go out there and be like, you know, let's go with uh, Archie Griffin, right? I he was assistant athletic director. It's not going to happen. He's already told people he never wants to be athletic director. All right. That's not going to happen. So who would you like to see? I, I have a candidate, Chris. I don't know a whole lot about him, but I love his credentials. I love where he's come back, uh, come where he would come from. And by the way, if you go to scarletandgame.com, Frank already wrote about this. Look up his article. Um, he, he already provided some names for you guys, but I think there is one guy who I have circled on my radar that I believe would make a good replacement and he's not at a huge college or one that wins a ton, but he does a great job. He has the respect of all former players who knew him when he was assistant athletic director at Ohio state. And that is Pat Chun from Washington Mm -hmm. state. He's he's the first Asian American uh, athletic director at a Power Five school. He's an Ohio State alum. He's from the state of Ohio, born and raised in Northeast Ohio. 
Uh, he worked under Gene Smith, worked his way up the ladder from being the bottom guy in the athletic department, worked his way all the way up to assistant AD, and has done a great job wherever he's gone. That's the guy I would pick. And he doesn't want to be an AD in the Mountain West anyhow. So, I, I, I yeah, I think that's a great idea. Next AD needs to come from the NFL or other professional league or someplace like um, content providers like Disney or someplace else that gets where this is all going. I Athletic director? That's what Notre Dame so. was shooting for, but they're looking for somebody to negotiate their TV deal. Correct. Because they're looking With at that, it from an independent yeah, side. They're, they're looking at it more like their AD is almost the equivalent of what our Big Ten uh, president is. What about um, Braves? Vrabel as athletic director? Uh, he's a coach. He's not an athletic director, I don't think. You, okay. Think of it this way, guys. Your athletic director, although football's bread and butter, they have so much to do with all the other sports, too. It's yes. not just football. I mean, that's the one we, we care about the most on this show. But this guy's in charge of 36, is it? Yeah. 36, 36 of sports at, at Ohio State? That's a lot, man. Um, Alex says, does he have passion? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but you know what? I would say this. He it, might have more passion for Ohio State than all the other candidates since he's an alum. Here's the thing, though. If passion was the prerequisite, one of us would be in there, Eric. <laughs> we don't have I mean, the degrees for that. We don't have the degrees for that, exactly. You know, you need somebody who can run the business aspect of it, who's a great political <laughs> here, speaker. Here we, here we go. If Rabel, then I say Laurinaitis. <laughs> Put the little animal in there, right? Chris says, athletics is just a form of content to monetize to the eyes of the networks. Football and basketball, That's yes, true. but not the other 34. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say, it's true of the big two. Yeah, Maybe not the other 34. Yeah. What about Chris Spielman? Now, that is not a bad choice. Okay. He has director of player personnel experience in the NFL. He is an Xbox guy. Donald Hoffer, you make an interesting point. And I don't hmm. disagree with him that Vrabel might be the next coach if Spielman came in there. Would Spielman leave the Lions for that? I think he would. Wow. That paused me. That one got me, Donald. Mm. I think that is... Oh, Lord have mercy, Sarah. Eric, your wife's hormones are running out of control right now. (laughs) Not even going to make a comment. You better have dinner ready in a few minutes, honey. (laughs) She loves her some Bobby Carpenter, Eric. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. Did I mention (laughs) I just got a new autographed photo of Bobby Carpenter? Oh, stop it, Chris. Quit taking my money. Sarah, give me a call. (laughs) Chris says, loves Spiels. Yeah. Wow, that one got me. That's, That's a great choice. Yeah. Chris has passion. That ain't a lie. That is not a lie. And I think I could honestly say our AD could beat up your AD. <laughs> yes. Larry's loving it. I mean, I think you won, Donald. 
if it's not going to be a current athletic director like Chun, then I could see Spielman being the one we would go after. Now, again, he's going to have to overcome a lot of hurdles. Number one being a new president who's going to want to put his or her stamp on somebody. Again, in all of these dominoes that happen here, they all take a while. Oh, Sarah, I'm not even going to put that up there, Sarah. Um, the dominoes <laughs> all have to fall, and those take time. For instance, a new hire of a president, then a new athletic director. And that's one another reason why I think Ryan Day's got time, no matter what happens this year, man. So when I made the comment, did Gene Smith just give Ryan Day another year no matter what? That's what I'm talking about. I think Ryan Day is safe no matter what happens this year against that team up north. And that's really pathetic. It's really sad. It you might you might think it's sad, you might think it's pathetic, Chris, but that's reality. Quick question, everybody, on our way out this week. Great show, all of you. Um, thank you so much for your comments and participation. Truly appreciate it. Chris, thank you so much for coming on and, and being a part of tonight's show. You really made it better. Um, and that's what's going to make our show continue to grow and be better. We've been doing this for five years. Uh, Chris, this number, year number four for you. Year number four for me. Year yeah. number four for you. Year number five for the show. We were audio only for the first four seasons. This is our first time of doing video. And we've really been excited with how that's gone. And so thank you for being a part of that. Um, this week's Tuesday night, look for a video on YouTube. We will post uh, we will post it on um, on Facebook as well. This week, our previews are Wisconsin on Tuesday and Northwestern or the team up north on Thursday, depending on the interview we get tomorrow for that. Hopefully we get them so, both and then it will be Northwestern, but that's so where Eric, we're going. Before we close out, I don't know if you just saw the, uh, the thing that uh, Alex threw up there, but that's something I think I'd like to dive into a little bit next week because I think that, you know, there could be some, if you talk about just the quarterbacks, okay. But if we're talking about the offense as a whole, as he served as a, you know, Dude. I think that's something we might want to get into a discussion about. Amen to that, Alex. T-T-U-N blows. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anyways, fantastic job, all of you tonight. We truly appreciate that. It's been a ton of fun. Again, please like, share, subscribe. Let everybody know. 8 o'clock Eastern, every Sunday night, we do this. We'll come be a part of it. Look for those previews on our YouTube channel this week on Tuesday and Thursday. This past Saturday, just did a um, recruiting uh, review highlight video review of Aaron Scott. We have another one we got to do this week. We'll be dropping that at some point this week as well. We'll break up these videos into little segments that we'll throw on YouTube as well. And uh, yeah, that should be it for this week, guys. Thank you again so much. Chris, any last thoughts before we head on out of here? Down with Cooper 2.0. Day better win this year. Just poking the bear, man. Just poking the bear. That's that's great. All right, guys. We'll be back next week. We only got two more shows, right? I know, right? I am very pumped about the season starting. Yeah. You know, that's – I hope my excitement's still there come weeks five and obviously at the end of the season. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much again. We'll see you next week, Chris. 
See you next week, uh, Alex, Larry, guys. Thank you so much, Larry. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Lenny, awesome. Thank you so much. We made it through another whole show. He's on a roll. I know, guys. We got to get out of here. Be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH this in Carmen, Ohio, with all your heart. Till next time, OH. I owe. Go back. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.